Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3 Today's show will feature interviews with LPGA golf pro Katie Detlefson and former Denver Broncos wide receiver Vance Johnson. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Uh, faith, family, and sports. And uh, as we get into the holiday season, we've got some great shows for you. Of course, if you want to be a team member of Sold Out Youth Ministries, our organization that helps kids stay away from drugs and alcohol and teaches them leadership skills, biblical principles, you can go to our official website at soldouttv.com. That's soldouttv.com. And uh, be a part of that. Donate there if, if you choose to. And, we would love to have you on board with us. Uh, always great to have new team members. Uh, we're excited uh, to hear from our old friend of the show, Katie Detlefson, uh, is here with us. Um, she is a golf pro down in Florida, got so much going on. She coach Raptor Bay Academy coach down there. She's on the Symmetra Tour. She helps out with uh, golf at uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. So she's got a lot going on. Just great to have her back. Katie, how are you? I'm great. So tell me about Raptor Bay Academy. Yeah, I've uh, been kind of in charge of things at Raptor Bay Golf Academy for a few years now. And so uh, we've got all kinds of fun programs, golf schools, clinics. We do stuff with juniors and, and uh, uh, guests. We're mostly a resort course, but uh, really help anyone who can who can uh, get out of the winter weather and enjoy some, some golf in that uh, beautiful part of the country. So years ago, you were on Big Break Myrtle Beach uh, involved with that, so you got used to television, and I see you on the Golf Channel doing some things. So uh, you, obviously you love teaching and you love TV and being have an opportunity to reach a lot of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, I've always um, enjoyed communication, and in fact, uh, when I was at uh, uh, play college golf at UCF and um, – uh, my master's was in mass media communications, and it's always been fun to kind of uh, find different ways to share my passion for golf. So it's been a really cool opportunity um, in conjunction with the LPGA to get to continue to do some things with the Golf Channel, sharing some uh, some tips and things. Uh, most recently, it's been like my third round of doing some instructional tips with them. So um, always fun to uh, get to get to share some ideas and help people get a little bit better it makes makes going out there to play a little more fun if you can shoot lower scores <laughs> you know you when you watch the lpga today you know they really push just as the pga tour does growing the game of golf with youth and there are a lot of ways to do that out there but uh, one of the things i enjoy in following you on twitter and instagram is your love for youth and for young golfers um what is it? What is it about uh, the change today, Katie? That that more and more kids are wanting to get involved in uh, single sports or individual sports like golf. Yeah. Well, you know, Commissioner Mike Wan with the, the LPGA has made a, a huge push, huge initiative um, with really they call it changing the face of the game and uh, making golf more welcoming, especially for girls. And so, um, the largest growing population of golfers right now um, is junior girls golf. Um, we're seeing more and more girls participate 
And a big reason for that um, is the LPGA teachers uh, creating a welcoming environment for young girls. So instead of being the, the one girl in a camp of all boys, um, we basically are planning events. Um, I just hosted over the summer a multi-day girls golf academy that's really about empowering these girls, uh, increasing their confidence, and getting them um, involved with a sport that's really a lifelong sport, um, but in a way that, you know, they're, they're not feeling intimidated, like, oh, I'm the only girl doing this, and so they're more likely to, to stay participating in golf, and, you know, I've always been a believer that golf can, you know, teach you other life lessons, and even if it's not a child's number one sport, they might do other things, which is great. Um, I think it's so good um, to have a chance to play golf, even at a young age. Katie Detlison is with us, um, Raptor Bay Golf Academy, and um, also Symmetric Tour member. And I guess I was going to ask you, with as much time as you put into teaching, you know, on the college level and, and youth and uh, the golf academy, um, how, how much desire do you still have to go out and compete uh, on on a tour? Yeah, good question. You know, I've spent in the last uh, last couple years, well. Two years ago, I got to, uh, I guess two summers ago, I had my LPGA debut, which was really fun. I Monday qualified and got to play my first LPGA event. So that really gave me that, that taste of what it's like to, you know, as a child, you dream about, you know, what it would be like to play in the big leagues. And so, you know, for, for women's golf, it's the LPGA tour. So it was really neat to, to tee it up at that level. Um, so at this point, um, you know, my, my schedule kind of limits me to, um, I'm doing more of those, some of the Monday qualifying in the, the LPGA events, and uh, the LPGA uh, teachers have some great, some great events as well. Um, but you know, my hope is that uh, no matter how busy I am with teaching and those things, is I think it's important to to stay sharp. I still have a passion for playing, and I hope I always do. Um, so it's fun, no matter what level, to continue to compete. And I think um, as a coach, as a teacher. Um, you know, we have to we have to be humbled by the game sometimes and remember that it's not easy, you know, that we can't be thinking too much while we're out there. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, uh, being competitive and, and playing, you know, as much as I can is an important thing to, to help me become a better coach. And, uh, and it's fun. You know, it's fun to be able to compete and feel the nerves and uh, enjoy being out there. You know, Katie, a lot of, of players today, you know, they have – trainers for both for their physical fitness but um, these psychologists or or sports psychologists seem to be uh, a big direction that a lot of pros are going in um, what kind of things does a sports psychologist help you with as a touring pro or as as you said when you're teeing it up yeah absolutely well I think one thing and I hear this a lot from my students is you know, a lot of people, uh, they feel nerves and, you know, they, they think that it's a bad thing. Uh, but, but truly, you know, even players at the highest level who, who play golf for a living, you know, they're, they're still going to feel those nerves. Um, so I think the first thing is to, to recognize that, you know, that's normal. But uh, players at a high level, they have ways of managing those things. So, you know, with golf, like an easy example, I, I like to teach my players a pre-shot process or pre-shot routine that can help them um, – use their thoughts and their focus in a good way that can help them to accomplish the task, even if they're nervous. Um, you know, for me, it's been, um, even in my own game, uh, getting my technique to a point to where it holds up under pressure. And so that's, again, 
you know, something where because I've experienced that, I want to help others to have, you know, good technique that can that can last even if, you know, for for a country club golfer it might be, you know, hey, I'm coming down the 18th hole, I have a chance to shoot a personal best or, you know, whatever it may be so that they feel um, empowered to, to do well with that. But, but golf, like any other sport, probably more so than any other sport, you know, it, it really can be uh, between the – between the ears, um, so so managing that is is definitely important. Katie Devlison's with us, uh, LPGA golf pro, and you know, Katie, I was going to ask you, what do you, what was the for you when you were competing uh, at the college level um, when you were at uh, UCF? Uh, what what was maybe the biggest disappointment you had um, playing competitive golf, and what you learned from that? Hmm, biggest disappointment um, with with college golf, um, probably, probably was the first time that I didn't make the travel team. So with, with golf, you typically have, you know, eight or nine players and then there's five that will travel as a competitive team. Um, so, you know, for me, the first time I wasn't on the travel squad, it was, it was definitely a disappointment, but, um, then at the same time, I think, you know, it's one of those things a lot of times in, in life or, uh, you know, you have a disappointment, but it, it kind of makes you reflect and say, okay, how can I be made stronger with this? And so, you know, I think in, in golf and life, you know, the way we handle those disappointments um, is is so important and we can kind of get down about it or we can we can ask ourselves, you know, what can I learn from this? Um, so I think, uh, you know, looking back, it's a lot easier to be grateful for the, <laughs> the things that weren't as good, but... Um, my perspective now, I try to, I try to keep, you know, anytime something happens like how you wouldn't want it to go, um, seeing that as a learning opportunity instead of, uh, you know, a letdown. How do you manage the expectations for young golfers that come to you who say, hey, I want to be a pro golfer or, uh, you know, I want to play professionally? Um, you know, what, how, do, how do you handle that in terms, in terms of, um, you know, teaching these young kids, um, trying to keep a balance between competition and teaching them, as you were saying earlier, the life skills that you learn through the game of golf? Yeah, well, I think any, um, any athlete uh, at a high level, any, any person who's performing at a high level, whether it's, you know, business or something else, um, I think the biggest thing to watch out for and what I try to instill as a coach is that there's a separation between your performance and your identity of who you are, because um, it's so easy, especially with young athletes. And I, I know I, you know, dealt with this. And um, as a believer, we understand that like our, our identity is in Christ. And if we put our identity in our performance where, you know, one day we might do great, we might be having a great season. Everyone's applauding us. We get, you know, a trophy or a medal, you know, if we put our hope in that, then when it's taken away, or when we fear that we might not perform well, um, that that fear can actually negative, negatively affect our performance, um, and it's just an unsteady place to put our identity and our hope. So, you know, even um, in coaching coaching college uh, with my juniors who are who are very talented, who have a chance to play at that high level, it's important for me as a coach to treat them um, to treat them the same way, whether they had a wonderful round or whether they didn't have a great round. And we like to take more of a scholarly perspective on, like, hey, how can we learn some things? Um, it is important to understand, you know, if your goal is to play at a high level, um, you know, whether it's professional golf, whether it's, you know, a uh, high level in college, or, or even for, a, you know, a golfer who just um, is saying, hey, you know, I shoot in the 90s, I want to break 80, um, or, I, you know, I want to break 90 for the first time. 
um, setting goals that make sense with that. So, you know, for, for those who want to play at that high level, there is an expectation that's like, hey, you know, to get there, it's not an easy process. There's hard work. You got to put the time in. You got to put the practice in. You got to, you know, you got to take the right steps to get there. But once you put that work in, once you make that commitment and do that, then, you know, understanding that you kind of have to let the chips fall where they may um, with performance and with golf, especially, you can have, you know, one or two bounces that can make a big um, difference. Um, it's always humbling to me to even watch, you know, it's, it's normal on the, the PGA tour. You'll have a player that'll sometimes have, you know, from one round to the next, an eight or 10 stroke swing um, in the, the score that they shoot. Um, and that's even players at the, the highest level. So, you know, again, you got to have um, strategy. And I think, you know, again, as a believer, it's my perspective that that, they, that identity is separate from the performance because, you know, otherwise it's a really unsteady place and your emotions go up and down. And so, um, you know, it's so much better if you can be rooted and then freed up to enjoy the sport that you're playing um, for what it is, for a sport. Final moments with Katie Devlison, uh, a pro golfer. Um, Katie, one of the thing, one of the things that's interesting to me is, is when we talk to youth and when we go into schools and talk to kids in the junior high and high school level is, it seems that this generation of, of youngsters um, would rather not try something if they think they're going to fail. Um, where my generation failing was something, and I know you know this as a professional golfer, that you know you have to have a certain amount of failure in order to improve and to learn from. So what would you tell kids who say, you know, that are afraid to try something rather than go for it? Yeah, I I would say, you know, you just have to, you just have to look at things with a little different perspective. And I know um, this is certainly true, especially um, there's a lot of research with, you know, around the late middle school, early high school, there's a big drop off with, um, with girls in sports actually, um, who, you know, that, that took, participation dwindles, self-confidence kind of can, can be shaky at that time. And, and yeah, there's that sense that I don't, I don't want to fail. So I, maybe I should just not do it. Um, you know, hopefully you can get a good group of support around you, whether it's, you know, parents, I think can, can play a big role in that. Um, the, the questions that they ask, um, youth after they play, you know, even saying, Hey, you know, I love watching you play. Um, asking questions, you know, what was it like to be be out there on the court today? What was it like to be out there on the golf course today? Um, again, things that are, are not so much just about the the performance results, but the experience of performing. Because we know in life, you know, and even these young people as they go into a, a workplace and all kinds of things that are ahead of them in their future, um, there's going to be ups and downs. You know, it's not going to be a, a smooth path the whole way. So I think, you know, sports can really teach us um, – in a safe environment, how to handle those, those letdowns. Um, but I think, you know, building in these young people and understanding that, um, you know, again, if they, if they lose a game, if they lose a match, or if they have a bad day, um, that doesn't mean that they, that they are a failure as a person. Um, and so separating that, that performance, um, from, from who they are, I think is so important. And, um, you know, I think even understanding that, you know, when you look at people who, have been successful in, in sports and in business and all kinds of different um, venues, like that those people have experienced a lot of failure along the way and in that process and that it's, it's okay. Um, then I think they're, they're more likely to, to try it and to, um, to be a little courageous. 
Katie Detlison with us. And uh, if you want to follow Katie, she is a lot of fun to follow. Her, her Twitter handle at Katie Detlison, and that's D as in dog, E-T-L-E-F-S-E-N, Katie Detlison. So follow her as go. she's got a ton of stuff golf, going on. Here. Yeah, Golf Pro Katie on Instagram. Sorry. Golf Pro, golf pro Katie on Instagram. There you Man, go. We got yep. to throw that in front. That's a key. Katie, <laughs> it's great being with you all the time. It's so cool to hear from you and all the great things that you're doing out there. Um, if we don't talk, have a great holiday and a great Christmas out there and New Year. And I know um, you're going to be continuing to do some powerful things. Thank you for what you're doing for young people out there. Thanks so much. It's good stuff. And uh, I hope you can continue to influencing the youth in a good way too it's uh, wonderful to see Katie thank you very much and have a good one um, Katie Detlison when we come back more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio You're listening to a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III In this segment Roman talks with former Denver Broncos wide receiver Vance Johnson Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk. Vance Johnson, wide receiver, so many great teams with the Denver Broncos. Vance, what's changed um, in the NFL since you were in the Super Bowls? Um, I remember, you know, even after you played, you know, back when you played, you know, people weren't very um, affable to people talking about their faith during Super Bowl week. I remember a lot of people getting very angry about that. You know what's really funny, man? I, I would love to not talk about my faith. Not. I don't have a choice, man, because my faith has to do with my sobriety. And before that, I think I probably would have ended up dead because of the life that I was leading. And and you're right. And But, but the scriptures say that in the latter days, people are going to just really frown on, on faith. But someone has to have faith in something. People have faith right now that their team is going to win the Super Bowl. Someone has faith that Cam Newton is going to be Superman and go out there and win. Someone has faith that the Denver Broncos is going to go out there and win a world championship. Why can't I have faith that my Lord and Savior Jesus is going to keep me sober? What is it about now, though, that it seems like players are much freer to share that? Obviously, the stage has even gotten bigger, and it was big when you played. But with this age of telephones and social networking and all those things, Players have an incredible opportunity with this platform to really talk about who they are. They, they do, but are they going to use that? Yeah. You know, and when I when I played back in the '80s and '90s, a players like they they, they love to talk about who they were in themselves, and they made themselves gods, just like I did. And unfortunately, my world came crashing down. But I think now guys are starting to realize that the amount of uh, of pressure and the amount of responsibility it comes with being in social media and being always in the front in the limelight. Unfortunately, we got a guy like uh, like Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, who's struggling in front of the world. Right. So you have to have that Make Cam Newton, who's a superstar, who's a great guy, who's great to the community, who's great to the fans, to show that, you know what, we are a bunch of good people out here. Vance Johnson, former Denver Bronco, and uh, here representing the Denver Broncos at the Super Bowl, I'll tell you, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, you know, because you've dealt with sobriety and, and you've overcome it, God's been blessing in your life. What would you tell Johnny Manziel? Because he's, he seems very confused. He seems like a guy who really has no control, and it just keeps happening over and over. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, and, and Johnny may be listening, because I'm sure someone knows him that listens to your show, that, Johnny, man, I'm here for you, brother, because I'm you. Uh, it's, it's just that mine was behind the scenes, and a lot of this, the crap that he's getting in trouble with were things that are parallel to my life when I was playing in the NFL. 
excuse me. So Johnny just needs to understand that there are people like myself who have traveled that road, and unfortunately, because of the power that he has and because of the fame that he has, no one, whether it be a family member or a friend, is going to step up to Johnny Manziel and say, listen, you need to hold yourself accountable. And I think I'm that person, and I know I work at Behavioral Health at the Palm Beaches where we have a lot of guys who are former athletes who are in a position now being rehab coaches that can offer help for, for Johnny Manziel. It's just that does he want it? Is he willing to change? He actually has a platform to turn this thing completely around and save thousands of lives because the people love this guy. Tell me about Behavioral Health in Palm Beach because, uh, you know, I had uh, Daryl Strawberry on yeah. about a year ago, and Daryl, what an incredible comeback story. I watched him talking on your show. Uh, incredible. Yeah, man. And he's opened up a second now with his wife, and yeah. he's preaching. Um, so obviously there can be a good finish to this. Tell me about what you guys Brother, do to help you, guys do that. You just gave me goosebumps because I remember watching um, um, Daryl Strawberry, because I'm a big Daryl Strawberry fan, on your show. Uh, it was it was the Broncos were in the Super Bowl. It was right, in New York right. City. I remember watching him, and I was only four months sober at the time, and I was like, man, I'll tell you, man, I, I, I want to be that one day. And I, I think the important thing about behavioral health at the Palm Beaches is where anybody can come, not just professional athletes, but your mother, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, whoever's struggling with addiction and underlining issues or any other type of, of, of addiction with pornography, with gambling, you can get the help and help us out there. It's really hard for a loved one to tell you to get the help, but once you hit that rock bottom, there is a solution, and that's at Behavioral Health in Palm Beaches. Now I have a chance to go back and just give a message, give a message about living a, a, a life that's pleasing to God. And I think that's what I'm trying to do. But that means, uh, you know, picking up your cross and, and dying to self. That means exalting the things that, like your wife, and putting things up and putting guy, things in perspective. But number one is putting your almighty first, and then things kind of go in line. And sobriety is, is that with me. My sobriety was given to me by my, my Lord. I won't allow a person to take that away from me. So I have things in perspective, but I'm always reaching up and reaching to, to find more out about my Savior so that I can keep walking the walk, brother. Faith, faith, family, and football is what we talk about on this program. And, of course, before we got on the air today, we were talking about uh, something that I talk about on my show all the time. It's called Sold Out. Uh, it's a program. I'm all about the sold out, man. You've got to invite me. It's, it's a drug and alcohol education program, soldouttv.com. And you're telling me you and I are kindred brother spirits. Because yes, we are, man. Because you have a passion for this. Tell me about what you're doing. You know, what I'm doing is, is I... I've had a chance now, uh, being 29 months sober, just to go across the country. I've been to West Virginia and Louisiana and Kentucky and Colorado, and I want to come up to your neck of the woods and just educate kids. And, and we go inside of an auditorium with 1,000 to 2,000 kids, and we ask them if they have a mother, a brother, an uncle, aunt, a cousin, someone that's involved in, in addiction that's affecting their life. And we get 80 to 90% of the kids raising your hand. And after I tell my story, and I talk about how I've been estranged with my children, I talk about my son that was, that was killed on his motorcycle and how I felt like such a deadbeat father that I'm able to go back now and give hope to these kids and encourage them and empower them and even talk about the scriptures, how the, the scriptures talk about having that youth and the power that you have as youth. And they can go home and say, Mom, Dad, you're struggling with addiction and it's killing me. Please help me. Sometimes you won't listen to a spouse, but you will listen to a child. You said a key word about young kids, junior high and high school kids, that I hear in letters, emails, through our program online all the time. 
and that's kids talking about no hope. That's kids talking about how this world they're living in today, they don't feel like they have a future. Right. So w- what are you telling young people that come to you and say, you know what, Vance, you talk about living out a dream like you did, but I, I don't know if I can do that. My family, where I come from, I've screwed up. I've messed up in my life. What do you tell young people? I just tell these kids that you are the youth and you are the future of this country, this great country. And there are people all over the world who they, could, they would give anything to be an American child being born in this country and having the power to be able to be and do anything you want. And when you have someone that's struggling with an addiction and you have 2,000 kids and you have 1,800 of these kids raise their hand and say, I'm one of those kids who sees that in my home, there's something you can do about it. And when they see that everyone else is raising their hand and they know they can go to their teacher, they can go to a website, they can go to bhpalmbeach.com, they can reach out to Vance Johnson. There's so much help out there. And number one, you have your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you put it in his hand and things are going to come your way so that you can find what you need to have that life that you want. Vance Johnson, Denver Broncos, he knows all about the Super Bowl. And uh, Vance, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what an encouragement it is to hear you talk Thanks, about brother. the things that you're doing. Thanks. Because I've lived what you've lived. I've had family members just struggle you, with alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I've had, you know, kids that I deal with that just are, are heartbreaking that have recovered. Yeah. Um, if we're going to be great in this country, we got to have this generation of kids yeah. not lost but recovered and ready to meet the world because they're going to be leaders. They're leaders That's now. Right. Well, make sure you invite me to your program. I don't have any money anymore. I'm man. looking forward I used to, to it. That's I, used okay. to, I used to make money, but I don't make it's money It's not about anymore, money. So you you know, it's about there. right there. Your heart. I'm pointing you to know it. Where my heart is, brother. A bhpalmbeach.com website, Facebook uh, at Athletes in Recovery. Very easy. And uh, you got uh, rehabformen.com slash pro recovery slash team. But uh, check out also Vance Johnson's uh, Facebook page. Vance Johnson. Vance, thank you, buddy. God bless you, man. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.